You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I am doing my first solo episode in weeks. I've tried for most of uh, the time that this podcast has been in existence, I've tried to at least do alternating weeks where I'm by myself and then we'll have a guest and things like that. But I wanted to feature our new one-on-one coaches in January and then that got bookended by client spotlights and now here we are. So it's been a while since you have listened to just my voice. Hopefully you don't think it's really annoying because if so... (laughs) It's going to be a long 20, 30 minutes. Um, I can't imagine you're listening if you think my voice is really annoying. And if you do, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. So I feel like I should set the scene. Uh, you guys know I'm in my kitchen, but I Gray left for a couple of weeks and Manus is at school. I haven't spoken to another adult human in oh, just a while. So I f- kind of feel like I'm... <laughs> releasing all the things that I have to say just out into the world you know I don't know if anyone can relate to this probably in quarantine life you can where you just feel like you've kind of been isolated for a while and then you go to like a convenience store or the grocery store or something and you just talk way too much to the cashier and you can tell that you're doing it and they can tell that you're doing it but you can't stop yourself because you're just like I need to speak to someone sorry that it's you that's kind of what I feel like right now So here we are. We are getting over a stomach bug that Mattis brought home from school for us. I'm recording this a few weeks before you listen to it, but I was just bitching on my uh, Instagram story today that I was expecting for for Mattis to get sick a bunch when he went to school and kind of knew that that was inevitable and and kind of a rite of passage. But I didn't realize that I was also going to get all this stuff. That part I am not so on board with. The hand, foot, mouth was miserable, as I've mentioned. And the stomach bug, also not a, uh, a cakewalk. So now here we are trying to ease back into the land of the living. And what I want to talk about today after this very relevant introduction is kind of a hybrid. So when I, I kind of go, in, go through spurts with recording podcasts where I'll do two, three, four at a time, and then I won't record me for a while. But in the meantime, I keep a list of of ideas, things that I think of in the course of conversations with clients or in Facebook groups or other podcasts that I listen to. I listen to a lot of business podcasts that give me a lot of ideas for how they relate to health and weight loss and things like that. So I have my list and I had two separate topics on it that I have realized this topic, uh, this episode is going to kind of merge into one because they're a lot more closely related than I realized. So what we're going to be talking about today is the work that it actually takes to achieve your results, getting to those root issues, kind of identifying the obstacles and then addressing the root issues underlying them. So I want to give a little bit of not an explanation, but I guess a a further introduction. So I made a post, um, I don't remember exactly when it was, a couple of of weeks ago now. By the the time you listen to this, it will have been um, much more distant history than it is now. 
Um, I'm scrolling my social media right now to find it. Okay, so I made a post in mid-January that um, was a, a graphic saying to get results that others won't, you have to put in that you have to put in effort that others won't. And I had a really interesting dialogue with um, several people actually in the in the comments, and one of the one of the um, common themes that came up was that uh, one of our clients and foundations actually says that it needs to be the right effort. And this is exactly what I'm going to be touching on in the rest of this episode. But I wanted to share another comment that was from someone who said she feels like people who try to lose weight over and over again aren't aren't not putting in the effort. And in fact, they've put in a lot of effort and that she felt like this was equating being overweight to being lazy. And that is absolutely not my intention. And what I want to really want to get into today is that the so the, the reality of it is that most people who lose weight gain it back. And I hope that by listening to this, you will be in the minority of people who lose it and then keep it off. And that is is my ultimate goal. And this doesn't have to do with laziness, but much more with the approach that we take to getting to the goal. Most people put their effort into working out as much as possible or eating as little as possible, but that's, that's not the work. I'd say that's the effort that most people are making, kind of that, that very direct, oh, if I want to lose weight, I need to focus on my exercise and my nutrition. And at the end of the day, it's so much more complex than that and so much more intertwined with the other areas of your life that when I say you need to make an effort that others won't, that's what I mean. You need to put in an effort in different areas. The effort is going to look different than what most people are doing because most people aren't successful. And I explained this a couple days ago on my Instagram story, and I came up with what I think is a really good, I can, I can never remember if it's like an analogy or a metaphor or what, but um, one of those things for how to really kind of hammer this point home. So you guys know I record in my kitchen. I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I'm kind of turned to the side. I'm about, I don't know, two feet from a wall. And then to my right is the doorway. If I want to get into the living room, I can stand up and push as hard as I can on the wall directly in front of me. And I can push and push and push and push and push. And I can do it for minutes, hours, months, years, however long. I am not going to push the wall down to get into the living room. So that is the effort that I think a lot of people are making. You are trying really, really hard. It's not, no one is going to say you're not making an effort, but what you're putting your effort into is not going to get you where you want to go. So instead of continuing to, you know, quite literally beat my head against that wall, my effort might look different. My effort might be taking a step back and saying, okay, this isn't working. How else could I get out of this room? Oh, look, there's a door. Why don't I use that instead? That's where most people end up falling short. You don't take the step back to assess, is what I have been doing, are the efforts that I've been making actually working? Or do I maybe need to take that step back and reassess and say, okay, something needs to change. This clearly isn't working. What does it need to be? And if you don't know, that's where getting outside help can be incredibly beneficial. So this is what I mean when I talk about putting in an effort that others won't. A lot of people are very focused on 
where can I find a meal plan? What are the best workouts to burn belly fat? That sort of thing. That is not going to get you to your goal in a way that is going to keep you there. The effort that is going to keep you there is going to involve probably every other aspect of your life. It's going to probably mean some changing relationships, setting boundaries, managing your time better, um, doing some work on kind of your self-concept and how you see yourself and what you value in your life. All those are where our most successful clients put some effort and it's the reason that they are so successful. So with that kind of preface, I want to talk about figuring out what your actual obstacles are and then how to get to the root issue rather than just kind of putting a Band-Aid on whatever that thing might be. That's kind of the other thing that I see is we just want to avoid doing the deep work or the hard work or anything that seems uncomfortable. So instead we look for Band-Aid solutions, just kind of something we can just sort of tape over and, and hope that that fixes it. And most of the time it doesn't. So obviously you're listening to this. I hope that you're doing something active or you're multitasking and you're you know getting some laundry done or you're driving or you're on a walk or something. So I don't expect you to do this right now, but it would be very beneficial for you to do this exercise and list out what are all the reasons you think you can't reach whatever your goal is, losing 20 pounds or 50 pounds or 100 pounds or whatever it is. What we want from this list is to uncover all of the obstacles, kind of the, the mental baggage or the, the clutter in the road. I've probably used the GPS analogy before where we as coaches kind of liken ourselves to your GPS. You're in the driver's seat. We are helping guide you and help you stay on course until you get to where you want to be. So what we're doing now is identifying those bumps in the road or those little, you know, caution signs that pop up on your GPS saying, you know, there's, there's an obstruction, beware, or we're going to detour because of this, that sort of thing. So what you want to do is list out all the reasons that you think you can't reach your goal. And I want you to spend some time doing this, not just like the surface level. I don't have time. I don't know what to do. I, you know, I always give up you know, something always gets in my way. I don't have willpower. I want you to really make this an exhaustive list, get uncomfortable and get to kind of the, the emotional stuff where you're being real with yourself. I doubt that I can reach my goal because I have never done it before. I am scared of what could change about my life if I do reach the goal? Will my marriage stay firm? Will people start treating me differently? What would happen? You know, I fear that I'll reach my goal and then I'll gain it back and I'll have gotten a glimpse of what it would be like and then it gets taken away from me. Really get real with yourself about what is in your mind because those things are your obstacles. And some of them are going to be kind of the strategic i you know i don't manage my time well or i feel like i don't have time in which case it's a time management issue that that will will address um so some are going to be like that a lot of them are going to be mental a lot of them are going to relate to self-doubt and and things like that 
Um, if that's what you find with your list, you should definitely check out Weight Loss Mindset Mastery. It's my self-paced mindset course that d- dives into 15 of the most prevalent mindset obstacles that I have seen in women who want to lose weight and helps you work through those individually. So you can get all the information for that at estrayhand.com slash mindset. Um, but like I said, we want this exhaustive list. We want a list of why can't you do this thing? And some of these you're going to notice are a lot of these are stories that you have. I've talked about this in previous episodes. I'm not sure what episode number off the top of my head, but I've talked about the stories that we tell ourselves and how helpful or what a hindrance they can be that a lot of us just kind of have these deeply rooted beliefs about ourselves, about the world, what we're capable of, that sort of thing. And they are basically writing our futures. We believe them with every fiber of our being. And therefore we remain, you know, kind of boxed in by them. So part of what you're doing with this list is revealing what those stories are before you know what they are, before you have like written them into existence, you probably don't even know that they're there. So the first step in changing them is actually confronting yourself with that reality of, oh, you know what? I didn't realize I thought that. I didn't realize I believed that. And once you have that list, this becomes your roadmap. Once you have that list, those are the things that you need to solve for. And when you solve for them one by one, that's how you're going to reach your goal. So let's kind of talk through some of the things that are likely on a lot of your lists. And obviously, I'm not going to know verbatim exactly how you wrote it down, but there are likely to be a lot of kind of recurring themes. One example is emotional eating. Or maybe you put down stress or, you know, I eat when I'm anxious or whatever something related to that. And this is the perfect example. The reason I use it first is because it's a great example of sort of band-aid solutions and root issue solutions. I, I do want to clarify. I think when I mentioned it earlier, I didn't, uh, I didn't say this well. Sometimes band-aid solutions are very helpful, but sometimes you need something in addition to a band-aid. Maybe there needs to be an ointment too or something like that. Like sometimes there's, there's more to it than just the Band-Aid. So for example, let's talk about emotional eating. We've got our sort of practical, actionable Band-Aid type solutions. And then we have our root issue solutions. On the practical front, if you know that you are prone to eating emotionally, overeating, mindlessly, whatever you want to call it, one of the best things you can do is shape your environment to support the choices that you want to make. And taking that even a step further is to anticipate the times that you may be feeling in the type of way that leads you to the pantry and kind of preempting yourself. So a great example, I mentioned that, uh, that Gray just left for a trip. This is a relatively short trip, so I don't expect it to be an issue now. But in the past, when he's deployed, those first couple days, couple weeks even, are pretty emotional. It's, you know, you feel like you have this long road ahead of you and you're not yet in a, in a groove. What I've learned over the years is that I am much more prone to eating my feelings 
then than I am at other times. So what I've learned to do is when we're gearing up for a long trip or deployment, I make sure that I stop buying those snack foods that are really easy for me to go overboard on. Not because I can't trust myself around them, not because I'm powerless to food, but because I want to put myself in an easy situation when I know I'm under a big emotional load. I'm just setting myself up for a really unpleasant challenge if my house feels like a minefield where I'm like, okay, I don't want to overdo it on these foods, but every time I open the fridge or the pantry, there they are. So it's easier for me to take that step and just not have them around. So that's what I mean by kind of anticipating it. If you know there's a busy season at work coming up and that your typical MO is to work a 14 hour day, come home, stuff your face, go to bed, go back to work, then make it so that you can't stuff your face when you get home. Um, So those are kind of your practical solutions. Make those tempting foods either either don't have them around, buy the single servings so that you're kind of pre-limiting yourself or pre-portion them yourself store them out of sight, hard to reach, just make there be more obstacles, more hoops to jump through between you and that thing. So those are kind of your your surface level solutions. Those are going to help right away, but they're not going to address the underlying issue, which is that you're using food to cope with emotions that cannot be solved by food. So this is when we get into the root cause. And then we figure out, okay, so if I eat when I'm feeling emotional, what emotions specifically cause me to do this? Is it all of them? Is it anytime you're feeling happy or sad or stressed or bored or the whole gamut of emotions you turn to food? Probably not. There are probably, for most of us, it's probably like extreme positive emotions where you're like celebrating, in which case, I don't know. I don't know that there's anything you need to do about that. I think that can be a nice way to celebrate something with some nice champagne or um, you know, a, a nice meal or things like that. I would focus more on the negative emotions or the things that are chronic, like stress, that if you are feeling this way every day and you're using food to cope with it every day and it's being counterproductive towards your goals, that's when it needs addressing. So really hone in on what emotions specifically. And then here's where we're getting into the work, the effort that most people won't make is actually investing some of your energy to figuring out how to cope with those feelings without food. And I think the reason that most people avoid this type of work is because it's a process. It is a time-consuming and laborious undertaking. There is not a, an easy kind of answer the way there really is with food and exercise. I know a lot of you want the food and the exercise to be like the crux of this, and it's just not. The food and the exercise is really kind of the the simplest part of it. I've covered in, in previous episodes, you know, really how to know exactly how much and what to eat and how much and what to do for workouts. The real work is Why am I not doing those things consistently? Why don't they feel like they are sticking and coming habitual? Why is this not the person that I am becoming? What are the outside factors that are preventing me from making this one of my top priorities and doing it consistently to the point that it starts to feel less effortful? This is the work that most people avoid, and this is the reason that so many people struggle with maintaining weight loss. It's not a quick solution. What it means to learn how to cope with stress and emotions differently could be a a whole 
a host of different things. Maybe it means you start seeing a therapist. Maybe it means you adapt a, a, adopt a journaling practice. Maybe you start meditating. Maybe you learn what kind of your biggest triggers are and you work on replacement behaviors. You take a walk instead of going to the pantry. You just kind of delay the time between following through on that craving or that desire until you've had some time to pause and process and kind of work through it. This is the work. So that's a really good example of kind of the, the band-aids versus the root solutions. And like I said, the, the band-aids probably aren't a problem. They probably are making your life easier on, you know, on a day-to-day level. But ultimately, if you want real lasting change, it has to go deeper than you know, just kind of how you organize your pantry. So another example relates to time. I don't know how you would have put this on your list exactly, but some variation of, you know, I don't have enough time or I have too many responsibilities, that sort of thing. Um, and this, again, there are sort of your, your surface level band-aids and then there's the, the deeper work. So at the surface, doing something like I'm sure I've talked about before, daily and weekly life admin, where you sit down on say Sunday evening and you map out your week. How busy is work gonna be? What are the kids' obligations? When, what are we gonna have? You know, kind of doing some basic meal planning. What are we having for dinner each night so I don't need to stress about that? When am I gonna get my workouts in? What am I gonna do? And then just kind of being able to follow that schedule throughout the week is a great way to help you manage your time better. And then to set aside some time each evening to review your plan for the next day and make sure, oh, you know what, a meeting got scheduled during when I was supposed to work out, so let me move that here. Or, you know, my daughter's soccer practice got canceled, so I can I can do this there. Making a plan doesn't mean it's set in stone. It just means you're giving some forethought to how can I make life feel easier? So that's like your, that's kind of your band-aid. Um, but if you're finding that, and for, for some of you, it may be as simple as that. It may just be that kind of you had this chaos in your brain and getting things down on paper, you are able to realize, oh, you know what? I actually do have the time and I just need to allocate it differently. I needed to be more intentional. Now here we are, no problem. But some of you might find that there's literally not enough time in the day that by the time you have worked and, you know, kept the kids alive and, you know, done whatever other things are on your list, that there's just no time for anything else. This is where we get into kind of the, the root issue of figuring out what would you say are your top values? Because the way you spend your time is pretty indicative of that. So if you're saying that you value your health, but you're not allocating any time for it, something needs to change. Either you need to accept that it's not something that you really value right now, or you need to figure out what is going to get bumped down on that list so that this can get bumped up. And a lot of times this is choosing among all things that you know are important to you and sometimes needing to make tough decisions. For example, I have a client who just recently took a step back from a church choir that she was in that was something that she really enjoys and um, you know likes doing. She's in it with her husband and, and it's something that they enjoy doing together, but they realized that something had to give, that with the other demands on their time right now, not only were they not enjoying it, but they were kind of coming to, to dread, like, oh, we gotta have somehow fit in this, this um, rehearsal and other things that are, are important to us are being sacrificed because of it. So they made the decision to take the step back, just kind of you know, temporarily. You're not saying you're never going to resume these other things, but you need to say, okay, there's not enough room on my plate right now, what has to give? 
I see this a lot where we, this kind of goes back to the stories we tell ourselves. We feel, we make everything feel obligatory and it's just not. A lot of times we will, and I'm certainly guilty of this myself, we will, we will pile things onto our plate, we will put them on there, and then we will just get buried under it and feel like it's someone else's fault. If you are, you know, volunteering to help out at your kid's school or you are, you know, on a, a board of directors or, you know, I, I'm trying not to like specifically call out like your volunteer work because I'm not saying don't volunteer, but sometimes you just need to take an honest look at where all your time is being spent and figure out what, what needs to give. At the end of the day, if you are not happy and healthy and enjoying your life, then nothing else in your life is getting the best of you. You, your health, the health of the people you love needs to be a top priority. So maybe your work looks like setting some new boundaries, taking a step back from things that are important to you, but you know are preventing you from devoting the time to your health that you need. Maybe it means setting firmer boundaries at work where you don't need to necessarily take anything off your plate, but you need to be firmer with, hey, listen, these are the hours I'm being paid for. I, up until this point, have been working hours on my own time to make sure things get done, and I'm no longer willing to do that. So, you know, kind of here's what I can get done in the time I'm being paid for. You can ask your your boss or whomever, you know, what's the most important thing for me to get done? I don't you know, obviously, <laughs> don't go too far down that road because I don't know exactly what that looks like for your job. But Sometimes, this is kind of getting into another area, but sometimes the work is time management. Sometimes it ends up being boundaries. Sometimes it ends up being relationships with other people. Maybe the work is you realizing that you have previously just been kind of a yes woman, that whenever someone needs something from you, you say yes, even when it means sacrificing what you need to do for yourself. Maybe it means having a conversation with your spouse or whomever is in your household about delegating responsibilities. Maybe you don't actually need to be the one who does all of the laundry and all of the cooking and all of the cleaning and all of the blah, 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 blah. Maybe other people need to start taking some of that on. So anyhow, this is the, those are, those are just a few examples of what is likely on your list. And those are some of the more, um, I guess sort of the, the less, less mindset related, more of the kind of actionable. You're also going to have a lot of sort of just kind of general self-doubt related things on there that, you know, I've done it before, but I've never been able to maintain it, or I've never been able to do it before. What makes me think that I can now? Um, I feel selfish when I do things for myself. Those are just as important to work through as any of the others. And like I said, the effort that most people won't make is what you need to do to separate yourself into the minority of people who are successful long-term. And that sometimes mean doing some, means doing some soul searching, going back to, okay, where do these feelings of unworthiness, unwor just developed a list there, unworthiness develop from? Where, do they, where have they stemmed from? Do I need to kind of unpack my childhood in therapy? Do I need to address the example that my mother set when she was constantly dieting or when she made comments about my weight? Is it, 
you know, do I have some some baggage from a previous relationship where negative comments were made, or I was, um, you know, I was encouraged to stay unhappy because I didn't, you know, the, that person didn't want me to change the relationship dynamic. There are so many kind of places to go, but your roadmap to success starts with this list. And then it's just a matter, like I said, of solving for those. And if you don't know how to solve for those, please get help. Whether that help is a therapist or someone in the mental health realm, um, maybe it's a career coach to get you into a healthier situation there or to advance in your career or whatever it is. Um, And if it is a health, wellness, weight loss coach, please reach out to us. We have a really unique and comprehensive approach to coaching where, yes, we're going to help you with the exercise. Yes, we're going to help you with nutrition, but we're also taking a really hard look at the lifestyle and the mindset pieces of what are the other things that are holding you back? What else is on this list that we need to work through? And then helping you develop the skills and the tools that you need in order to do just that. And then as you start checking off those things off the list, you are getting closer and closer to your goal. So that sounds like what you need help with. Reach out, book a call, sraven.com slash call. We will chat about if coaching is a good fit for you. There's no obligation. I'm not a pushy salesperson. I want you to get the help you need to reach your goals for good. Hopefully this, extra, hopefully this episode was helpful for you. If you have follow-up questions, find me in the Live Diet Free Facebook group or on social media, ask away, and I will talk to you guys next week. If you like this podcast, you will love the deep dive that we provide on our consult calls. When is the last time you actually set aside any chunk of time to just think and talk about yourself, about your goals, and really dug into what's actually standing in your way? Just that alone, just having a sounding board for your thoughts can be incredibly eye-opening and help you get that aha moment that you need to actually take the first step toward lasting change. If during our conversation, we know for sure we can help you bridge the gap from where you are now to where you want to be, then we'll offer to share with you what our one-on-one coaching experience is like and how we can help support and guide you to that goal. You can book a call with us at estereyevent.com slash call, and we can't wait to get to know you.